music from an episode of Son of the Beach called Saturday Night Queefer, starring David Arquette. I'm Mark Sevy, and this is the second part of my interview with producer, writer, director extraordinaire David Morgison, who, by the way, killed it on August 15th at our networking event. Thank you, David. You really rocked the joint. I'd like to apologize to David. We had a production issue, and some of the audio was lost from our interview. Thanks, Zoom. You're killing me. I think the part where David talks about his partnership and collaboration with Timothy Stack and James Stein and what it's like to work with other creative people is lost forever. But maybe David will come back soon and fill in those blanks. So enjoy the second part of the David Morgison interview. This is Plot Points Podcast. Is that I did? I worked for Howard Stern. I did. I worked with Jimmy Kimmel, but I also wrote a, a Disney Channel movie. There's some scenes from that about a princess. Yeah, Princess uh, Protection Program. Yeah, which was you know, there's a trailer on it on the website on the Vimeo site from that, and uh, that was sort of an. That's a whole other story. How I wow. got doing a yeah. tween movie for Ginger. Yeah. For, for, oh for my princess. god! You got Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez in that movie. That's that's yeah. big stuff, man. Or, or, yeah. yeah, go ahead. It was early on. I mean, they were, I mean, they were, they were both known, you sure. know, they weren't nearly as famous as they had become, but they were both known. And I have to say that that was something that I sold entirely by accident. Oh, um, well, let's tell that story. It sounds like a wonderful writing story to me. Yes. If your audience it consists uh, primarily of writers, then this would be a good one for them. Yeah. Uh, in terms, especially it's a lesson on pitching. And it's also one of the reasons why I took groundlings classes without actually being in the groundling. I was never like on stage member, but I went to the groundling school because I wanted to sharpen my, uh, I don't know, this character writing as mm-hmm. uh, one reason. And the other reason was I found that it helped in pitches when you went to pitch a network or a studio mm-hmm. really helped to have the improv background because mm-hmm. when I first started pitching years ago, I would just get, get very nervous and I would stick to the script and first pitch I ever did on my own. Uh, I was sweating so much. My shirt was sticking to my back. It mm-hmm. was just very, so, but once I took improv, uh, it helped. So with Disney, it was the type of thing where, I had been doing uh, Son of the Beach and working with Howard Stern and my two writing partners, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Stein and Tim Stack. And we were in the writer's room and our assistant came in and said, uh, you know, we got a call from the Disney Channel. Uh, Disney Channel wants to meet with you guys to see if you can come up with something. Wow. And I'm like, the Disney Channel? Have they have they seen our show? <laughs> <laughs> do they know what we do? Have they been or are they, is this a mistake? Have they yeah. misdialed? Did they call some? No, no. They want you guys to come in. Oh my God. And so, and so the other guys were, you know, they had no interest in going. Really? Yeah. They had oh no my God. We don't have a freaking Disney channel. What are we going to Disney, Disney channel for? You know, that's not what we do. Yeah. I'm thinking it's like, you know, I, 
I wouldn't mind doing something like, for, you know, first of all, we were in the producing a show, we're busy and we're tired and mm. we're like, you know, not, you know, thinking of going to really any meetings. We're just thinking about the show, but I'm thinking it's like, you know, I, a priority was really doing something because I did so much stuff that was aimed at, uh, um, you know, a male demo 18 to 34 that was inappropriate for my, uh, my kids. So it's yeah. like, I'll go to Disney. And, and also it's like, I like to, I don't like to be defined by like a label, yeah. uh, like doing one genre, one thing. And that's one of the reasons why I've done like all these different things is because I just don't like to do one thing. And it's like, I wouldn't mind going to Disney. So I, I had a lunch with an executive at Disney Channel. So he took, takes me to his lunch and at this Mexican place, and, you know, we're just talking. And uh, I have, you know, I have no ideas that are <laughs> would be appropriate for Disney, but, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him. And so I said to him, um, you know, what are you guys looking for? And that, and by the way, that is an interesting lesson that I learned that writers should remember when they're pitching is that it could never hurt for you to actually ask them, turn it around on them Mm -hmm. and say, what are you looking for? And I've done that several times and a couple of times I've sold projects just based on that question. They, wow. they told me what they want. I happen to have something that kind of matched it. Now, in this case, he said, "Well, we're looking some. We're looking for something that features a Latina lead, a Latina actress in the lead." Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. Oh, and we're also, you know, princesses are big this year. <laughs> like wow. Like okay, princesses. You figure princesses at Disney, you know, going to be big every year, but of course. Princesses are big this year. I'm like, okay. And so meet my lunch. I go, so if I were to pitch you my Latina princess idea, (laughs) and he said, oh, that would be the sweet spot. (laughs) I remember him saying that. That would be the sweet spot. Now, I didn't have any Latina princess idea, but I was just kidding. Uh Uh-huh. I just said, you know, and it was just supposed to end right there. You know, that was the joke, and we'd laugh and move on. But he said, oh, uh-huh. that would be the sweet spot. What do you got? It's oh, like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, it's um, it's a show. And it was originally pitched as a, a TV show, a TV pilot, not a, a movie. Uh, so I have an idea for a show about a Latina princess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now at this point I'm eating very slowly. It's just like I'm I'm chewing this burrito and I'm thinking, you know, it gives me the opportunity to think. Like, all right. And he goes, All right, so what about it? What's her name? I said, oh, her name is uh, you know, uh, uh Rosie, short for Rosalita, and mm. she um she's a princess in a um small Central American country of um El Humidor. Uh, humidor, and he goes, Yes, and what about her? I said, Well, um, you know, uh, and she goes, Well, does she, does she, she, she has a family, and so yeah, family, her dad's the king of El Humidor, and her mother's the queen, and well, what about brothers and sisters? Does she have a brother and sister? I said, uh, Yes, in fact, one of each. Oh my god, um, 
Uh, she's the troubled middle child, uh, and, uh, you know, they're always a problem, and they're, they're always quirkier, and she uh, is the only, she loves American television, and she loves everything about the United States, and what happens is that uh, her father is um, overthrown in a, in a coup. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. A uh, a coup, like a, a, blo- a bloodless coup, a, a Disney coup. You know, that's it. I'm throwing in a Disney coup, bloodless Disney coup. You know, nobody's really hurt, but uh, they got to get on a plane and leave. So he kept saying, "Go on." You know, yes, yes, you know. go on. Yes, go on. <laughs> oh, he's eating popcorn. You know, yeah, right. I'm like, okay, then. Uh, so they get on a plane, and you know, since it's a small country, it's not like uh, you know they're going to resettle these exiles in uh, Beverly Hills. You're not going to Beverly Hills, and they're not going to be on Park Avenue in New York. Instead, they're resettled. Uh, in a Nutley, New Jersey, uh, split-level house in back of like a Home Depot shopping center off of Route 3. Um, unfortunately, I had lived in New Jersey, so I knew the geography. Oh, so I, uh, I, I basically – and he, this guy was laughing, and he was enjoying it. And the more he laughed, it's like, okay, this is great. He's laughing. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's like I can't believe it. I'm pitching this, and I'm really – I'm way out on a limb. I'm out <laughs> Yeah, I'm out there. It's like it's too far to turn back. It's too far to turn back. So I keep pitching and pitching and pitching it. And then finally, he goes, wait, stop. And I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was basically out of ammo. There was no ammo on the clip left, basically. Right, I was right. totally – I had nothing else really to say. And he goes, I got to stop you there. Goes, Let me ask you something. Would you mind coming back and pitching this to my boss in a week? Oh my God. And I'm like, not at all. I have, I'd love to, I'd love to, wow. uh, I'd love. And so I, I drove home as quickly as I could. Uh, and as soon as I got home, I just sat at my computer and I typed everything I could remember really quickly. Cause I, <laughs> yeah. so I typed everything that I said, and then I did go back in a week and I pitched it uh, and this time, thankfully, you know, I, I did have the benefit of some time to actually flesh it out. Mm-hmm. And I was able to come up with a pitch and his boss laughed. And it was one of the projects that I sold in the room. Wow. So I, they, he bought that in the room. He bought it as a pilot. Wow. Uh, and what a great story. Yeah. It, crap. It, yeah. It's, um, I like to tell that story because it's just because I still can't believe it. You know, it's like I even all these years later, I, I can't believe it. And then it gets better or worse. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's because it's like, you know, I, I, I wrote the pilot and I wrote it many, many times. Rewrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks at Disney, um, they put me through my paces. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they got their money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did many, many drafts. and But they were actually, the people that I was working there were a pleasure to work with. And I enjoyed working with them. So it wasn't, you know, it, when I rewrote something, it was like, okay, they were, they were very constructive. They had really good notes. They were really into it. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and I was excited. And, I, and it was like, it was fun working 
kind of outside of my comfort zone. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. working on something that was really too edgy. In fact, I had to really trim out st- stuff that I would tend to put in that may be satirical, you know, mm-hmm. about the military of El Humidor. You know, I had to take all that <laughs> stuff out, you know. And, and, uh, and so I wrote it, and I wrote it until everybody was on board with the script, uh, like including the president. Like we kept moving our way up. This draft is good, but we really need to get the vice president. Then finally it was like the president of Disney Channel. He finally loves it. We got him on board. The president liked it. So that was like, okay. (laughs) When do we go on the air? air? You know, well, uh, tell me, you know, when do I report to work? When do, when are we going to actually shoot the pilot? And they're like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. You know, <laughs> what? You know, it's like, yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. And I say, wait a minute, you tell me the president loves it. I mean, who actually needs to sign off on this? Is it the president of the network likes it? So isn't that, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The way we work is that we have 22 other Disney channels worldwide. Oh, oh my God. And we have a conference, and we have to get approval from all of them. Oh, my God. For every show. It's like kind of like the United Nations of children's programming. Of Disney, yeah. Okay. Of Disney. So I'm like, no, you, you, you're, you're effing with me here. You're not serious. I said, no, we have to bring it to them. But um, really, you know, it's more of a formality. I'm sure they're going to really love it. Don't worry. You know, famous last words. Sure. <laughs> like those famous last words that actually make me do worry. And so <laughs> they said, you know, don't worry about it. And we'll let you know what happens. So they took it and they went to the conference. And, you know, I guess it just took one country. It must have fallen apart over Moldavia or some, you know, I don't know who objected to it. But they came back and they said, now we got bad news. Uh, one of the countries didn't want to do it. They shot oh it down. I'm like, God. really? One country said no? I said, yeah. One region or one country said no. And so they turned it down. <sighs> and I was like, that is insane. Oh my I can't, it was so frustrating. I had done so many drafts to get everybody happy with it. Right. Uh, and I have to say it was a, you know, for what it was, I thought it was a pretty good script. It was very, sure. it was very much what they would, you know, in their wheelhouse. And I couldn't understand why they wouldn't want to do it. So I remember being up there and we had sort of a postmortem kind of a meeting and everybody was kind of bummed out. Um, and, so the one executive said, well, you know, what we can do, you know, we can approve our own original movies mm. without going to the other countries. You know, that we can do ourselves. How would you feel about doing this as a movie? Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, that depends. Do I get paid all over again? Uh, <laughs> or are you just going to take this and make it into a They said, they laughed. You know, I said, no, of course. You call your agent and we'll make a deal and you'll write a movie, an original mm-hmm. movie. We'll start again. I'm like, oh, well, I'm on board with that. I can. Yeah. And so that's what happened. Uh, you know, I had to, I worked with a different set of executives, um, which was sad because I actually liked the people I was working with. But I, w- I went down the hall and worked with the movie, the Disney Channel movie people. And and then I thought nothing of it. I did it, and they brought in 
a female writer to do like a polish uh, because, you know, let's face it. I, I am really not the king of tween movies. <laughs> not, like, not the go-to guy for the princess tween movies. I'm just right. not him. I, and I know that. So it's just no problem. They really needed somebody to come in and do that. And so that was fine. I mean, I really didn't care, you know, it was sort of like it was done and, you know, like with so many movies, you know, or so many projects, you learn, okay, that's done moving on. You know, you just, you, you right. expect it like, you know, you'll never hear about it again, but the check cleared and you're moving on. And it was really a couple of years. It was like a long time when I finally heard that, yeah, we're shooting the movie. We're shooting it in Puerto Rico. This is being shot. And, it was now. It, it was now called. It, it had a different name, so they they renamed it the Princess Protection Program, uh-huh. and they made some you know pretty major changes. Mm-hmm. They kept some things that were the same, um, and they made some changes to it. Uh, and but it, it it ended up being the third highest rated uh, original Disney Channel movie. Uh, to that time that they had done. And yeah. at, by that point I was working over at Kimmel and you know, I came to work and they said, you know, there's a billboard for princess protection program, like right outside. Uh, <laughs> and which I thought was so funny because here I was working, doing these really, um, you know, sort of uh, adult, you know, videos. Sure. For sure. And there was a billboard, you know, for the Princess Protection Program right outside. It was sort of like... PG-13, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely just sort of represented the range, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. All the stuff I had done. So, yeah, that's that was my... So, that's my, my Disney Channel story. Wow. You know, actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It was TVG, actually. So, you were even less than... Uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah, it was not PG. No. It was it was TV. It was... It was, it was G. Was, yeah, it general was, audiences. It was actually I for innocuous. I think. <laughs> so tell me what it's like to. I've never done television. So what it, what is it like working? Well, were you the showrunner on Son of the Beach? Yes, uh, I was. Was one of uh, three showrunners. We, okay. we, my partners and I, were all showrunners, but. Uh, I've run that and I've run pilots, you know, writers rooms. Um, how does that all work? I mean, what's, so the, the showrunner is the top of the food chain and then does, does he hire the other writers or do the, you know, what, what's that? Tell me a little bit or tell me a lot about all that process. Uh, yeah, the showrunners usually, you know, they'll, they'll hire the writing staff, Mm. um, and usually, you know, they also have to be approved, like network approved writers. So okay. in some cases, uh, there's a show, it was on one season on ABC, it was called Hillary Diller. Okay. Uh, that was actually, that would be a good example um, because that was a very, it was a, it was a complicated, uh, it was a very complicated situation in terms of the writer's room because it was on the show was on ABC, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the studio was Disney, mm-hmm. and the production company was Imagine. Oh wow! So 
you know, you have all these different entities. So anytime, and it was, by the way, it, it was created by Lowell Gans and oh, Babalu Mandel. Babalu Mandel. They, yeah. they created the show. Wonderful you know, writers. Yeah. Wonderful writers. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, God, it's splash. Sure. So many films. Multiplicity and, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, did they do, did Dr. Uh, fa- um, Mr. Mom, I think they did. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, they were incredible. Incre- what happened to those guys? What the hell? For all, I don't know. For all I know, they're still writing stuff. They, and there's a lot of stuff that they rewrite that you don't even know. Oh, about. right. They're, they're ghosting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I had a great time, especially um, Logans is uh, a, a very funny guy, great guy to work with. Um, Babalu's a good guy, too. He's just he's sort of the quiet one, Lowell right. talks mostly. But it, it was a very weird mix because they created the show and they have kind of one sensibility. And then they hired showrunners so they didn't want to run the show like they would they wouldn't come in every day they'd come in and they'd hear the stories and they'd pitch some jokes out Mm -hmm. but they didn't want to run the show so they hired um tracy and john they were who were on ellen they had they were writers and producers on the show ellen Mm -hmm. uh on on ellen generous's sitcom okay that they won an emmy because they won they they wrote the famous episode where Ellen came out. Oh right! Wow. Accidentally, you know, in an airport <laughs> speaker. That was their episode. They wrote that or co-wrote it. I think uh-huh. else, and they they won an Emmy for that. And so they're you know fantastic writers and um, good friends too. Uh, still to this day, and so they ran the show. Mm-hmm. So you know they hired the writers. And, you know, the writers had to be run by uh, Lowell and Babalu and, mm-hmm. and Disney and Imagine mm-hmm. and ABC. Mm-hmm. So if you can clear all those hurdles, you wow. welcome aboard. Yeah, you know? that's insane. Holy crap. Yeah. And it was, that was a, and it was a large writer's room. There were lots of writers. Uh, often these days, uh, things have changed where there are much, usually much smaller writer's rooms. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, because they can get away with paying less people. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, so the writer's rooms were, you know, they're, it, it's a, they're very interesting places. They could be fun or not. You mm-hmm. know, they could be fun or they could be miserable. It really mm-hmm. depends. depends on what you're writing. It depends on the chemistry of the room. A lot of it depends on if the, if the person running the room is happily married or not. <laughs> <laughs> we had we once had a show I worked on where the showrunner was uh, not happily married. <laughs> when you're not happily married, you tend really not to want to go home. At oh night. my god! And, and in that case, so you keep your entire staff and you work into the night. Uh, and it's one thing when you have to do that because you have to do that in all shows. You know, you'll have to work sometimes into the night. You'll have to do rewrites. If you have something that fall, has fallen apart, you know, you have to stay there because taping, it's like a train. It's going to leave the station and you have to have it ready. So if you have to stay till three in the morning, you stay till three in the morning. But in this particular case, you know, this guy running the room was like every night we were leaving late because he didn't want to go home. 
and uh, you know, a lot of us had families at home and we really wanted to see our, our kids and our wives. So, um, but and Hillary Diller was, you know, it was interesting. There was all different levels. And I was just like, I was a staff writer on that. So I was sort okay. of on the totem pole, but it was, you know, staff writers and story editors and co-producers and all different levels. And it's just in a comedy writer's room. It's just, it's crazy. You know, it's just like, um, it's really, you know, you're sort of trying to top one another. Yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of one-upmanship and that's, that's going yes. on. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. You're always trying to outdo the other person. Sure. Just, just a joke, but that's really to the benefit of the show. Right. And it's, you know, in most cases, it's a very healthy competition right. because, you know, you're, you're, you're improving on what somebody said. Those are the best kinds of things where the person pitching uh, after you is kind of taking what you pitched and making mm-hmm. it better. Mm-hmm. And you realize, you know, and a lot of times you'll write a draft and you'll say, wow, this is a great draft. I come up with some really killer jokes. They're going to love it. You know, and you bring it in and they start rewriting it. Mm. The funny thing is about when you, you know, when they send you off to write a script, you know, they, it's always based on, an outline that's already been written by the room. Okay. They write a beat sheet and an outline. So you, they say, okay, you're going off on script. So whether it's a few days or a week or two weeks, whatever it is, you're going off and you're writing script. And then you bring it back. When you bring it back and everybody reads it, the highest compliment you can get is like, oh my God, you did such a great job. This won't take too long to rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> to completely rewrite. It won't take long at all. It's, so they, perf- they, it's they, perfect. We can fix it, right? It's perfect. We can fix this. <laughs> Easily. And that's really because there, there's no, there, there was nothing that didn't have to be sure, um, sure. written, but you know, you're starting off. It means kind of like the bones are good. You know, right. we don't have to really do any major restructuring, which is really what's time consuming. It means that, you know, we can, we can punch up the jokes. And a lot of times you'll think that you're pretty proud of this one joke on page 12. That's like, you know, that's like, they're going to love it. They're going to be falling all over themselves laughing and, that's not going to need to be changed. And then somebody sees it and they have something else and they pitch it. And you realize that they twist, they took, they took your joke and they made it into something that you couldn't have come up with by yourself. You really needed that other perspective and it made it better. And at the end of the day, your name is on that script. So if it's a good script and they help make it better, it reflects well on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're, if, yeah, exactly. Why not you, why not be happy that somebody added to your, your already good material? So, yeah. Yeah. And the major, the major rule in the writer's room is that if somebody pitches something that's not good, you know, you don't want to just say, oh, that sucks, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and you, or or even like, ugh, I don't. That's or even you know, I don't think that's going to work. Right. You know, even if you said that, um, you never do that without having another idea. I see. Okay. So it's like you never just say, uh, you never just dismiss somebody's joke without saying, "How about this?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and your idea may not be the one you know that works, but. Uh, at least you have something like always have an idea or a fix. If you think that's not good, then you have a fix that's going to work better. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of like the cardinal rule of the writer's room is like, you don't just say that doesn't work because you're just, what you're doing is you're creating a problem. You're being perceived as being negative and you're being perceived as somebody who's being negative that does not have a solution. You don't have anything to replace it with. So a lot of it is really how you say it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if somebody, pitches something and basically there are crickets, you know, There's no <laughs> and that's happened to all of us. And it's really sure. a very unpleasant experience. Of course. Um, you know, but you know, somebody who's running a writer's room kind of knows how to deal with people. You know, mm-hmm. That's an important, you really need people's skills. If you're running a writer's room, I can you imagine have to, you have to say, it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think I've seen that before. Or mm. I think that I think we could improve on that. You know, you can't just say, oh, my God, that blows. What is wrong <laughs> with you? You, know, you can't, although it's been done, uh, you know, that wouldn't be my style. I mean, when I run a writer's room, uh, I try to be positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you try to be encouraging. Uh, or you can just make a joke about it that everybody laughs at, you know, right. like, that even the person who made it is laughing at. And diffuse um, the situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you know, um, did you say you were drinking at lunch? I don't remember. <laughs> you know, like you know, something like that. If you And if the person laughs, it's one thing, you know. So especially if you know that you have a room full of talented writers. So mm-hmm. this is like, it's not as if this person's completely untalented. This just wasn't the right joke. Or, yeah. or, if, or if you're smart, what you do is... You, if you pitch a joke and it sucks, right? And nobody's responding. Like what I've done is like, I've told a joke, nobody's do, do just crickets. And I'm like, Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Cause that was supposed to be an internal monologue. Right. I'm, was- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That came out. That was okay. not supposed to, that wasn't ready. It was half baked. And then people will laugh at that. Right. That's hilarious. All right. Well, on that note, on the pervert note, we'll, uh, yes. we'll wrap up. But um, so you will be able to find David. I'll put uh, links in the show notes and make sure he sends me whatever information he wants. Um, you can reach Plot Points Podcast by uh, going to plotpoints.com or uh, the phone number 919-SCRIPTS. That's S-C-R-I-P-T-S. We are a project of the Orange County Screenwriters Association and Orange County Film and Television, which, uh, which also we do events on the ground, but we do this podcast um, for the joy of it and for the love of this business. Uh, we don't get paid for any of this crap. And David, sorry I lied to you and told you I was going to give you money, but uh, there is no money. So, uh, um, uh, Yeah, I have my Venmo app, and it's open. <laughs> and I was waiting. If I don't see anything in my account, that's, yeah, it's not. It's in the, the checks in the mail. What are the three uh, great lies? The uh, the checks in the mail. I won't come in your mouth. And there was the third one in that movie, To Live and Die in L.A. So, oh yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So yeah, when I when I usually when I use that quote at, at uh, church services, nobody nobody. No, nah, I'm kidding. I don't. Yeah, I don't, you don't get you don't get the response that you want. Yeah, yeah exactly. I understand. I can understand that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I went if I went into a church at this point, I'm sure uh, the Lord would strike everybody dead. So uh, no. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, great to have you. Thank you so much again for giving up a couple hours on a Friday uh, to talk to me and our audience. And um, we'll, I will 
meet you in person on this coming Wednesday. And then, so the podcast should drop on Friday next week if you're interested. It's uh, plotpoints.com or you can go to iTunes. I think it's under Plot Points Podcast on uh, iTunes because somebody already had plot points. But um, thank you so much, uh, David, for for being here, for all your work and uh, for all your good cheer. I appreciate it. So that's the interview with David Morgison, producer, writer, director. Hilarious, man. Um, God, just loved uh, talking to him on um, this podcast. And I hope uh, and pray for his uh, continued success in the business. You can find him in various places. I will include most of those links on the show notes. For Plot Points Podcast, my name is Mark Sevy. As always, be inspired. Do good work. Mm-hmm.